Purpose, integrity, and power. started out from songs and delved into some sort of continuation of what I preached on Sunday. to make progress along these lines today. <clears throat> How do we comfort the ailing, the wailing, the weeping, the mourning, the sobbing as Christians Times what we do is kind of very pretentious. We attempt to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice without understanding the context of faith within which Jesus said this. The way it is in the Bible is such that a Christian should not be moved by circumstances. The Christian should not be moved by circumstances. Christian should not be moved by circumstances. Are you in church? First Corinthians chapter number seven, verse verse thirty. 
The man Paul is here describing the attitude we need to we need to put up as Christians in this world. A Christian is under mandate. I say it again. A Christian is under mandate to live his life as the scriptures stipulate and not as circumstances direct or situations demand. By this, I mean you should not be weather sensitive or born on the wings of secularistic convenience or take heed to all things are done normally and casually and naturally. Call the shots as a Christian. Live your life by the Spirit of God. He says, so then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of Christ dwelleth in you, if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 25 will tell us. <clears throat> it's a serious caution that we must learn. For the love of God, the love of Christ, constrains us. For we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. That they for whom he died should no longer leave the rest of their time in the flesh to the lust and the will of men, but to the desires and the will of God. Henceforth, no, we know man after the flesh, cast we should know after the flesh, but him we know no longer after the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, all things are become new. Second Corinthians 5 14, 15, 16, 17. Is this very compulsory caution? That the Christian must exercise and exhibit and exalt in his work. Clearly spelled out in the Bible in several scriptures. Ephesians 1 verse 17. This I say and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of the mind. There must be a distinction 
between how you see things now that you're a Christian that is you are born of the spirit of Christ or you are in the faith of Christ and how it used to be it's a serious departure I was describe the departure here it says just like dead and alive or alive and dead it's a world an entire world of complete difference it's an entire sphere of complete separation delineation and gap of difference Ephesians 1 verse 17 is very powerful. Something that is happening to us today is worldliness defined by our interaction with the world, our commonalities, our same views, and we don't want to be religious. Somebody will say, I don't want to be religious. I don't want to, I don't want to look different. I don't want to be holier than thou. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't want. Sometimes you're not sure who a Christian is anymore. You're so fun in the body of Christ. You're not sure a Christian is because constitutional makeup as it pertains to speech, attitudes, clothing, adornment. Most Christians answer to the unbeliever's lifestyle. The same way do. The same kind of way do. Christians wear tattoos like unbelievers and they say there's nothing wrong with it. Christians put their skin to be branded. Somebody brands their skin. Somebody brands their nipples. Somebody brands their hips in the name of Jesus Christ. You drop Christ, you drop Christ on hips before Jesus. You, you say, Jesus is Lord. In your pubic area, Jesus is Lord. Whatever this name is to you. So when you say, what is, what, what is it? What, what's the big deal? Salvation is one of the body. Salvation is of the spirit. What is the big deal? What is it? I don't want to be religious. I hate religion with passion. I hate religion with passion. You better be careful what you are saying. <clears throat> I hate religion. I hate deeper life. I hate deeper life. I hate, I hate. <laughs> you had better be careful what you are saying. Let it be that you are saying you hate the godly outlook that Christianity is meant to automatically confer upon you when you meet Jesus. You don't want to. You don't want to look like. You don't want to look like a clown. You don't want to wear, wear a clown suit. You don't, you don't. You don't want to wear a clown suit. You don't want to look like some um, comedian. So you wear something very. Tight fitting, so tight fitting. And then you, you walk and you roll this way. And someone, and someone is looking with all majestic awe. You say, "What's he looking at? What's he looking at? I, I don't know. 
maybe you should ask him yourself you don't want to look funny you want to look fitted and because you are looking fitted and very very shapely and sexually appealing a man sees you and shakes you and impales your finger, impales your palm with the middle of his finger. He says, ah, why, 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 are you, why are you that very ungodly? Ah, well, I don't know why. And people complain. People say, why is he looking at me? Maybe you should ask yourself, why did you wear what you are wearing? I remember some years ago, a sister said that when she was going to sit with the choir somewhere here by my left your own right side she said no I, I, I must take the third seat or the fourth seat or even I sit at the back and then the choir leader challenged her why she was recalcitrant to accept to sit where they are meant to sit as a group she said most times I want to help Revo. I'm trying to help him so I began to prod what this help is like I always do. I don't take such chances. You never can tell the kind of help this godly sister wants to give the man of God preaching the word of God. She says, I don't have long skirts. I don't like this. I like short skirts. Very revealing skirts. So I'm sitting, Reverend is preaching, and I know that he's off his track. Only God knows who gave her that revelation. If you must come to church and need to help the pastor by covering your ties with the speakers, why don't you wear something better? I've seen folks who walked and, and they had to hold their knees and, and pleat and hold their skirts and hold the cleavage and they are walking like a dog. I said, why are you like this? Why are you going through this stress? Why? It's a very fashionable outfit. I don't get. It's so fashionable, it brings you distress. You are so fashion conscious, you can't walk. If Boko Haram strikes, will you be able to run with your heels? Are you sure? Are you sure you can run the way you are walking like this? Hey, will you be able to run like this? Anyway, you pull it over and then run. <laughs> you know. Religious. I hate religion with passion. What do you love then if you hate religion? What, if you hate religion, what do you love? Tell me what you are doing that is not religious. I don't know what you mean when you say you hate religion. Because I have interviewed people who said this. And I've seen that what they really hate is not, it's not powerlessness. It's not having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. What they hate is that aura of godliness attached to Christianity. They don't want to look pious or popish. They don't want to, they don't want to answer to sister. So, don't call me sister. What are you if you are not sister? What are you if you are not bro? What are you? So don't call me bro. What are you if you are not bro? You are bro and sis. She don't want to be sis because you want to answer to some very funny ungodly appellation that is against the truth of walking in Christ. So serious. And churches are accommodating half-baked Christians, godless Christians in their godlessness, 
Christians who don't pray, who don't read their Bibles, who are not God conscious, who just come to church for fashion, who come to church because church is now a place of liberty, a place of licentiousness, a place of lasciviousness. You do things that are uncouth, you do things that are ungodly, you do things that are very, very difficult to trace as a Christian. And you say, what's the big deal? Oh, that's a big deal, sir. If Christ lives in you by his Holy Ghost, some things are not good areas for you. Serious. I say, I don't want to be like deeper life. Then I ask you, what do you want to be like? Shallow life. There are just two ways to it. It's either you are deeper or shallow. Since you hate to be deeper in Christ, then you are going to be shallow. And this is what happens. Check people, check people who are fashion crazy as Christians. Check their lives. In the lives of those who got tattoos or those who wear on God, check their lives. You will see that it's not possible to be a solid Christian and live in an uncultured way. It's not possible. They are prayerless, they don't read their Bibles, they don't take church as something serious, and yet they claim they're not religious. They don't want to be religious. I'm seeing this pastor, on Christ Embassy pastor like that. He was on Facebook for a while. She's got this very skimpy, tight-fitting t-shirt. And she's got an inscription right on her chest with some big mammary glands and she's got I speak with tongues chested out I speak with tongues I said ah what is speaking what? no 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 are you getting what I'm saying now somebody is here chesting out with some robust body feature people call it being endowed whatever this means I don't know now she's heavily endowed and she's talking in tongues and she's 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 fighting us with the endowment what is the meaning of this comes another one it was a clip and he answers to that same one a pastor is preaching also Christ embassy so that the 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 photo of the pastor who was flaunting her endowment talking in tongues made the rounds among some Christians so here comes another pastor in the same church defending the statutory claim that after what does it matter she's also endowed whatever this ministry and she's jumping to show that it doesn't matter that if i'm if i'm if i'm if i'm endowed and i'm and i'm big and i'm and i'm preaching the word of god at you why are you looking why what are, why are you not looking at the word why are you looking at me the word why, why, why are you looking at the word and suddenly because her blouse was buttoned up two buttons fly out her cleavage is exposed and she said the devil is a liar now she didn't know she didn't know the cleavage was already exposed she was the devil is a liar i don't care and they were already covering their faces now it took her time to know that the devil was not a liar she said hey the devil is still a liar all the same and then she continues preaching 
Moses says, I don't want to be deeper. I, 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 don't, I don't want to, I, don't, I'm not, I, don't, I hate religion. I'm always wondering what do you, what do you mean? You don't want to answer to a godly Christian. A gentle Christian. You don't want to answer bro, sees, but simply speaks of the brotherhood. It speaks of brethren, which could be brother or sister in Christ. Why don't I want to be called bro? I hate it. If my husband, if my husband ever calls me sister, it's the end of it. Eh? So what should your husband call you? Honey, honey the Bible. Honey the Bible. Clearly. For being a Christian, there is a new life to live. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 17. Let's, let's, let's take um, Ephesians 4 17 from some translations. I don't want to be religious that I'm ungodly. I'm, I'm lascivious. I'm licentious. I live a crude unbeliever's life. You can't tell the difference between the way I talk and the way a non-believer talks. You can't tell the difference. The way I react to things. Even in marriage. Ah, what is it? Are you not a Christian? Please, 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 please. Put that aside. Ah. Put that aside. Let me, let me be honest with you. I don't want to pretend like members of Mercy Assembly. We're not talking about pretense. We're talking about the new life. If the new life is a life you must pretend to live for being a Christian, then Christianity is faulty. You understand? It's not a pretense. We are saying that Christ has brought a change to your life and you must submit your personality and your individuality to work in this culture. You must not react to situations like people, unbelievers, people of the world do. So, Ephesians 4 17 from the Amplified Translation. So, this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence that you must no longer live as the heathen. You must not. This is very serious. Now, this is deliberate. This is deliberate. The moment you start Christianity, with a sense of I don't want to be deeper you have started backsliding because you're only saying I want to be licentious someone says I don't want anybody to see me and call me bro why not? what should they call you? what should they call you? to call you Susie or to call you a mortgage means you are not born again from their perspective why not bro why not you know what I said you know what I said I was thinking to myself when Toby was arrested when he was arrested he was just arrested just arrested according to him some SARS 
special anti-robbery squad people in their van and they see him and they say come enter this vehicle something came to my mind and, and i share with some folks later i said is it possible that a brother with sandubata with a green trouser and a brown shirt with his bible clutched by his arm with one same air court very same christian in court air court talking in tongues can be arrested <laughs> most unlikely Enter with car. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about it. They, they, they must actually say, Bro, pray for us. Bro, pray for us. You know, I've said this about some people who are victimized. Now, I'm not saying that I know the reason why, I know all of the reasons why certain female people are victimized by lecturers, by boss at work, by some superintendent, some superior person, some officer. But I know that you will have less victimization by the opposite sex if you dress Christianly. I know. I know that. You will have less victimization if your boss spontaneously calls you Mary the mother of Jesus than Oshodioke. Yeah, me stop laughing there. I, 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 I know that that if if your boss at work calls you Mary the mother of Jesus or calls you Esther or calls you Deborah the warrior Calls you, calls you the daughter of Philip the Evangelist. You have less victimization than when he calls you Osudioke or Le Pasio Sandy or Omoge Campos or Owambe or Ado Adumadeke. I mean, when this guy describes you this way, you say, Oh, guy, it's not me, it's God, though. It's not God, though. It is you. And the Lord must deliver you tonight. Hallelujah. Let's see some other translation. I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm saying that our outlook is meant to differ from what it was before we met the Lord Jesus. We are supposed to respond to situations like those who have met the Lord and not like Bola or Sheyi or Kene or Peter were meant to respond like new creatures, people who have received the help of God. This all says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Do you know there are some Christian homes where they deliberately have sanctions against Christian culture? There are some Christian homes where you can't find their television blaring the gospel. You can't find it. It's something secular. Somebody says, look, look, look. Church is Sundays in this house. Reasonable. Be, 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 be reasonable. I've seen pastors who want their children. Look, reading your Bible too much will make you mad. Stop praying all the time. Go and, go 
and read your books or watch television. Go and learn something about super story. Go and, go and watch who wants to be a millionaire. Go and learn. Get out of this place. Stop praying. This, I tell you and insist in the, on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. You must no longer live as an unbeliever. There is a culture of Christianity you are expected to live. This is serious. You must not start Christianity with the sense of I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be called sister. I don't want to be labeled Mary. I don't want to be called brother John. So I, say, I hate I hate to be called brother John. Call me John. Why? Who gave you John? The person who gave you John never knew you had this evil in your heart. You were given John by mistake. Nobody ever knew you did this 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 treasure and disturb this precious name. Alright, we stop calling you John. From now, you are syndical. You are syndical. Yes, because you don't like John. I hear the story of somebody who's called Oluwa Toby, who hates to be called Oluwa Toby. And she will warn you sternly, my name is Toby. What's Oluwa Toby? A Christian brother who is called Oluwa Shego says, I hate Oluwa Shego. My name is Shego. Those who gave you the name did not know you were this evil in your heart. If they had known, they would have given you Gentilu or some other evil name. All of the guys of, I don't want to be religious. No, 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 no. I'm a Christian. But I'm not fanatical. What do you mean? It means you are shallow. It means you are a bad Christian. It means you are prayerless. life if indeed your your perception of not wanting to be tagged religious is just there and it's not making you very licentious most people who don't want to be tagged religious are licentious check it You cannot pray and study God's word and think Jesus and think what you wear is unimportant. I say, what is he looking at? Why is he looking at me? Maybe you should ask yourself. So, on this premise, we learn 1 Corinthians 7. I still want to emphasize what I preached last Wednesday. I want us to see that it is not God's will that you assume the position, the statute, or the status of a victim. You must never in whatever situation think yourself a nobody, a non-entity, a sufferer, a despondent fellow, a failure, a loser. A base person.
person helpless helpless speechless person where all you can do is to just cry to just You just cry. At First Corinthians seven, verse twenty-nine. But as I say, brethren, the time is short. It remains that both they that have wives, they as though they had none. This is clear from the scriptures. Is this what you teach in this church? That people who are married should be careless about their wives? Well, maybe you should look at the Bible and not assume this is what I teach. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord. However, please, Lord, he that is married careth for the things that are of the world. I may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you. But for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. I'm not in this church teaching carelessness. He that does not provide for his house, especially day of his own, has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel, an unbeliever. First Timothy chapter number five and verse eight. We're not teaching in this church. Don't make provisions for your home, for your wife, for your kids. We're only teaching that marriage does not have heavenly reward. Marriage does not have heavenly reward. Marriage is for this earth and ends here on this earth. I've had folks say, the woman I could not marry her on earth, I will marry in heaven. I've had folks say, I'll choose the best of women so that when we get to heaven, we'll continue our marital and conjugal bliss. <clears throat> well, you do err, not know the scriptures, not the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in a marriage. All your shadowing and all your lust consume it here before you go to heaven. In heaven there is no marriage. Don't get it twisted. Matthew's Gospel 22 verse 29 and also verse 30. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but as angels of God in heaven. So we are saying, nobody is saying, be careless, don't worry, 
what people in your house will eat just talking tongues then they will eat tongues well it's good to eat tongues anyway but then basically what I'm saying is this that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction your marriage does not come ahead of your Christianity what I just said is serious issue in some quarters some folks will never love to hear it some churches will pitch against it someone said your first ministry is your marriage I said what do you mean marriage is not a ministry your ministry is to testify the gospel of the grace of God don't get it mixed up so on these grounds it says if you, if you have a wife on the grounds of the gravity of the message the, the brevity of the time the shortness the lapse of the time on the grounds of the fact that Christ cometh soon don't let your marriage predominate your life so that you may attain upon the Lord before whom you will stand to be rewarded for what you have done in his name towards kingdom investment distract you attend upon the Lord rather without distraction so it goes on it doesn't just say this alone I just had to explain it first Corinthians 7 verse 30 and they that weep as though they wept not and they that rejoice as though they rejoiced not and they that buy as though they possessed not and they that use this world as not abusing it for the fashion of this world pass it away first corinthians 7 29 30 31 i began to preach singing and i said the error i see is that most musicians attempt to capture our feelings attempt to use god's word to console us so we say there is no man on earth who does not have an issue though affliction does not come from the ground nor troubles from the wind yet job 5 and verse 6 man is altogether born to afflictions or troubles as the sparks go upwards job 14 and verse 1 man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble jesus said these things have i written unto you sorry these things have i spoken unto you spoken that <clears throat> you hear some songs and they minister to you so and this snowballed into a follow-up on what i preached last sunday how exactly am i supposed 
to console the ailing, the suffering, the sobbing in church. How do I console you? How do I minister to you? So the cheapest and the easiest is the way it's done in the world. It's just the cheapest. The most logical, the most reasonable is to respond to situations with a sense of empathy and sympathy, with a sense of understanding, with, with um, some kind of emotional gesture of identification. So you see that I know what you are going through. And it just sounds like that when you have lost someone you really feel that is dead to you I mean I should just break down and cry with you when I'm not doing this I'm seen as callous very insensitive hard minded brutal offensive wicked cruel inhuman dehumanizing that's not so Look into the Bible. Let's let's see the, the, the Bible style. So I'm saying that you ought not to act like an unbeliever. Don't expect consolation and comfort like an unbeliever. Don't expect comfort like an unbeliever. Don't expect comfort like a girl. You know what you say? You say, you know, you know, you know, I'm a woman. Understand with me. There is neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. When we're talking about realities of power, you say there's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. When we're talking about emotional perturbulence, you say, you know, I'm a woman. Ah, why are you so inconsistent? And you have a standard. When we're talking about misbehavior, very outlandish, disreputing behavior, you say, you, say, you, know, you know, as a woman, you know, as a woman, as a woman, I can, I can do anything. Ah, I thought you were a Christian. Don't believe any of these superstitions about yourself. Hallelujah. This is church. stop thinking this is just a society of friends we are a family oh the sentiments religious sentiments of we are a family God's family God's family God's family God's family God's family we, we, we forget that we are Christians in Christ so as a family we have attachment to ourselves. We have koinonia or fellowship that is not defined by Christianity. And so you expect that when something happens to you, 
people should console you like it happens in your immediate nuclear family where Christ is not the link or the basis of relationship so your, 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 your elder sister put your head to herself in her bosom and comfort you and palpate you and palliate and placate you your brother taps you on the shoulder and says don't worry be a guy be a man stand up tall be straight about it don't care it's going to come to pass it's going to go away no situations are permanent only permanent men we have tough times never last tough people do through Christ John's gospel Fourteen, twenty-seven, fourteen, one. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, this was what Jesus said before he died. Before he died, and they were already mourning. He was beginning to tell them things that will happen after his death. He was beginning to tell them things that will happen while he died and after his resurrection. He knew they were going to mourn and be sad. let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me verse 27 that peace I live with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth I call God how does the world give peace this is the question you ask yourself the world gives apparent abstract peace that does not have any intrinsic inner innate benefit to be derived by people who live around this peace that could be tranquil in this environment that could be quietness that could be ultramarine quietness in this environment and it has nothing to do with your health issues it has nothing to do with how poor or rich you are. It has nothing to do with the fears you have of certain gangsters who live in your environment. The peace of the world does not necessarily affect or benefit people who live the inhabitants of the world. The peace of the world is relative. The peace of the world is transient. It's there a moment and then suddenly a tumult, a tumult, a chaos comes up. The peace of the world is not the same as the peace of Christ. He said, I give you a kind of peace. What is this peace? He had said it earlier. I mean, he's going to say it later. He said, this things have I spoken unto you that in me so the peace I ought to have with Jesus is now teaching from here before he even died is, is an intrinsic and inner peace by trusting him what we call peace is a tranquil or some quiet deadness that is in the environment whether it's pretending danger or is good for us what we call peace is just having it all smooth 
not being the quagmire or the mash of confusion, just having it all smooth. So called peace. All smooth. He will pray for the all smooth kind of life. All smooth kind of life. Nothing is going on, just just everything is just okay. That's why we come to church. We come to church so that everything will be okay. Jesus said, In the world you would have tribulation, but they have good care. Don't be caught crying or sobbing or wailing, despondent or desperate, disappointed. Don't be caught instead rejoice. I'm amazed that the Christian is under Bible mandates to do something. Galatians 5 and verse 22 describes joy like peace, like meekness, like temperance, like self-control, like gentleness, like love. Joy is just like love. If a Christian is not walking in love towards the brotherhood, he's not kind-hearted, he's not benevolent, he's not forgiving, he's not filled with bowels of mercies, we say he's a bad Christian. If a Christian has mood swings and is not always excited all through, we say he's just been emotional. I think we are very biased in this kind of judgment. The Christian who is not walking in love, in forgiveness towards the brotherhood and in fact towards all men, is as bad as a Christian who is not walking in joy. When you have mood swings, you are a bad Christian. Did you hear me say this to Your mood swings. Not every day is Christmas. Mood swings. I hear that compulsorily, compulsorily and psychologically, even if you leave a man, if you leave a, a human being, if you leave a human being for 24 hours, he cannot have gladness or excitement or happiness or joy for 24 hours no matter where he is i hear that no matter how exciting things are around man the constitution of man biologically is that man cannot experience 24 hours joy this is for the man of bonnegi i hear that if you just leave a man who sits just just he's seated his countenance can change his mood can become foul his thoughts can be ignited with depression isn't it very interesting that you are allowed to sit all by yourself without work somebody comes to feed you somebody assists you but then after a few times uh, after some moments you feel depressed for being alone People feel depressed for being alone. People feel depressed for being around people. There are many reasons why I feel depressed. So you are not meant to be happy all through. Like constituent biologically, psychologically, chemically, solically, physically. Oliver loves when I give those kind of rhymes, no matter how dead they are. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 16, what does the Bible say? 
He says, rejoice evermore. Very superlative. Very incomprehensible. Unthinkable. Unimaginable by the scope of the human philosophy. How can somebody rejoice forever? It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. To be in a state of merriment forever. <laughs> Sounds like madness. Who loves her always? Dr. Kenny. There are just few people on this earth who have the kind of attitude Dr. Kenny possesses. Dr. Kenny. If I say emoji, it just begins to laugh. I, I don't. Oliver, you understand? He's getting what? He's getting older for them. Okay, he's 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 too playful. He's, he always laughs. So he should he should he should he should he should respect himself and reduce it a bit. Because he's always excited when he sees all these small, small, silly emojis. You understand? All these emojis are nobodies. But he should just reduce it a little. I have the same culture. I'm always relating with small, small boys. Without, I'm old, gray everywhere. As a father, the founder, so is it not disrespect to bring my anointing down? To relate with people like Fumi, small small girls. That, but as they get older, I'm getting older. I'm not staying, I'm still getting older too. But can I should just reduce it? Can I should be careful? She stop laughing. It's getting too much. It's getting out of hand. Okay, even a housemaid. It is out of place for Kenneth to relate with housemate. Is a housemate not a human being? Caressing her? What do you mean by tarry long? What do you mean by tarry long? The housemate is, is not a human being. No, the Bible says, you are saying that. A slave, a slave. You are with a price a slave first Corinthians 7 from verse 21 to 23 being not servants of men even a slave is bought with the price of the blood of Jesus so if somebody is a maid who is a Christian there's no difference between the maid and the house owner so if Kenneth can relate with the house owner why not the maid in Christ okay reduce it Elements in Christ. Only Ojori, Oliver, only Ojori, no Jesus, Oliver. So, but the sense of belonging, we are all equal. Uh, yeah. What Oliver said, 
is what happens in most churches. Even some of us have that attitude. We're so full of ourselves and so proud. There are people we relate with. There are people we don't relate with in this church. Small, small people. All these small, small students. All these single girls. All these single people. Were you married from your birth? Is there any married woman in this church who got married at birth? Were you ever single before? So where do we get all this single sing? Can, can, can you imagine all these single girls? They are very rude. They see me, they, they don't greet me. Can't you greet them? As a Christian. Christian teaches courtesy. First Peter 3 and verse 8. And pity towards the brotherhood. But the strength of the brotherhood, who greets first? The Christian. By the strength of the brotherhood, the person who greets first is the Christian, not the younger or the ordinary person. Anyway, I'm talking about excitement. There are few folks who have this kind of excitement. Somebody else I know, God, this is called Brother Tom. He was in church for close to one year. He said, My life is easy. He said, I'm never sick because I'm always laughing. I said, Ha! Ha! Where did you get it from? And he began to laugh again. And each time I had chat Brother Tom, I said, But Tom, stand here. You, you need to teach me this doctrine. He just begins to laugh. I've met one other one at Mercy Christian Center, Ikeja, Lagos. His name is Pastor Peter. Eneria Pore. Eneria Pore, a very strange name. So at the point he said, I'm sorry, while he was in a church here, he said, um, please, he just came boldly and he was supposed to close church. He said, I don't want to be called Eneria Pore anymore. Since a number of you have issues with the name, just call me Peter Ena. Peter Ena. So when anybody sees him, he reminds they are reminded of what announcement he made. They will just say, Pastor Peter Enna. He will just burst into rib cracking laughter. Then I, I came on stage and I said, Please, as he has said, Peter Enna. Where he was, he was laughing hilariously. Then one day he came and began to laugh. Everybody began to laugh in the church. He said, Look, forget about Peter Enna and Ariapore. That is Old Testament. Each time I see Brother Peter, I say, Brother Peter, Old Testament. He begins to laugh again. The man is. In fact, he has laughed so much, he's not married till now. Because he laughs too much. I'm not slandering him now. Don't go and tell him, do his own tape. He's just excited. Now, there have been times that Dr. Kenny was not laughing. He's not laughing now, is he? At work. Over a patient 
or a client like they said they're not called patient they said they are called clients he's he's doing some obstruct laparotomy he's tearing somebody's head down to the to the to, to the intestine with an axe okay okay he's not laughing I'm preaching at Mercy Christian Center and I said there's somebody here who laughs and laughs and Peter Ena begins to laugh hysterically and I step deeper in my slander and I say he's laughing so much he's not even married and he stops laughing temporarily just stops then he begins to laugh again he, he's caught off guard emotionally because he's an old boy. Peter is over 40. He's not married. He's older than you. You know you are the oldest in this church. But he's older than you. There are few people in this church who are so keen on their age. One of them is Oliver. You know, I'm an old, look, at, look at all these small, 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 small boys. He's not a small boy. But at least Oliver, I mean, Peter is older than he is. However, the Bible says to you and I, now it's an impossible feat. It's impossible. First, um, I mean, Thessalonians 5 and verse 16 says to rejoice in the mouth. Now, rejoicing is not necessarily laughing. It's not necessarily laughing. You laugh to express rejoicing. You may laugh and not be rejoicing. You may rejoice and not necessarily be laughing. But you cannot rejoice and mourn or cry, be somber or sob. I should try again. When I speak rejoicing at First Thessalonians 5.16, I'm not necessarily saying that you must go everywhere and laugh at all times, every season. Somebody has just died, say hoo 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 ha ha ha. And that's not what I'm saying. comes the context of weep with them that weep, rejoice with them that rejoice, identify with their situations as a lord and master that Jesus used to do in his own time. So, you may laugh and not be rejoicing. This rejoicing taught in the Bible is a spiritual phenomenon. It's a Christian charter. It's a culture of the faith of Christ. It is not practicable or possible. Any other way. You can't rejoice forever. Except you are born again. It's a spiritual quality. It is not something you can practice ordinarily. Or you'll be on your way towards heaven. Psychiatric word. At some teaching hospital. You may laugh and not be rejoicing on the inside. You may rejoice and not laugh. But you cannot rejoice and mourn at the same time. You can't rejoice and carry a long face. You can't wear a somber look of disgust or disappointment. You can't have the water bags in your eye. You can't begin to sob and cry, lament and still say you are rejoicing. This rejoicing thing within will stimulate 
an aura, an air, an environment, an encapsulating environment of joy always. So it says Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. It's in God. It's in Christ. I'm not teaching psychological joy. I'm not teaching positive thinking. How would you think positively when things are out of place? It's almost impossible. But when you understand what Christ has done, you derive joy in him. So, 1 Thessalonians, as I begin to close, are you still here? Second Thessalonians, I should have said, chapter number 2, verse 13. 14 16 but we are bound to give thanks all the way to God for you brethren beloved of the Lord because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught whether by word or by epistle verse 16 now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Let's see Second Thessalonians 2 and verse um, 16. It's on two, three translations. Well, I play the keyboard gently. Let me try to put this together close. Now our Lord Jesus Christ from the KJV himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and had given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. One of that translation. This is coming from the stable of the NIV. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope by Christ's grace we have an encouragement that is eternal already the Christian does not need prayers to be comforted the Christian does not need a song that ministers to his need directly to be comforted the Christian does not need visitation I've seen Christians who stopped coming to church Ask them why. The brethren refused to visit when I lost my mother. I've seen Christians who refused to come into church. Ask them why. Nobody cares for me. Nobody, nobody cares for me. So we've reverted to a family concept outside Christianity of caring for people like some earthly siblings we are not making practice of the conduct we are taught in the Bible you have 
for being in Christ received an, an eternal encouragement. The grace of Christ that has brought salvation to all men, Titus 2 and verse 11, which you received and got saved, has consoled you forever. amplified now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us everlasting consolation the encouragement that redemption has given you is way beyond what a son can give you so how do we do it we come to church and the choir must minister to us soul lifting likes with beautiful cool blues surrounds kind of melodious rendition with a beautiful voice so we call singing He's talking to me. He's just, he's just describing my situation. For once, I just felt like the woman with the issue of blood. For once, I felt like the woman with the issue of blood. Issue of blood could just be anything. Not lie. Issue of blood is issue of blood in the Bible. Imagine this guy's program, T.D. Jake's program. T.D. Jake's one of the richest pastors on earth. Doesn't take anything from him. Runs a program, he started with like 11 women. To now over 90,000 women who come for the program annually. It's called, Woman Thou Art Loosed. Woman Thou Art Loosed. Very beautiful voice. sensational appeal to emotions that have nothing to do with the charter of Christianity by the scriptures the consolation for the woman is not woman thou art loose thou art loose loose from what what's the woman meant to be loosed from She's been rescued from the entire power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. As it relates to the woman, there are no peculiar challenges to women anymore. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. As far as God sees the woman, she's a new creature. God said to T.D. Jakes, T.D. Jakes, arise and go and loose my women from bondage. Now lie. God doesn't talk like this. Now lie. There's no such princess in the Bible. There's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. The liberty of the new creature is for everybody. 
everlasting consolation and encouragement and well-founded hope through his grace unmerited favor is for everybody don't pack yourself up in unbelief especially babysitting your emotions psychologically breeds of the word of truth such a woman woman thou art loosed woman thou art loosed you are loose from victimization you are loose from being second class woman thou art loose today Jesus is rising from his throne he's dying a second time to have you loose the Lord says I understand cry no more that woman will be not lie not lie your sweet words Bible describes this as sweet words and good speeches that deceive the heart of the foolish the simple the ignorant Romans 16 19 Romans 16 18 rather let's see 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16 from some other translations maybe two more and I'll close May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and in his grace gave us an unfailing courage. You already have an unfailing courage. Eternal consolation, encouragement, a solace. Consoled. Everlasting consolation and good hope. Oh my Lord Jesus. Everlasting. The moment. No, stop, 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 stop. Don't take me back to unbelief. to my emotions don't tell me I already have everlasting unchanging courage stop don't drown me in unbelief this is what it does most times people's prayers drown us in unbelief people's songs drown us in unbelief I just uh, I said, said let's let's just before I preach today I want us to bring this sister she's a man of the spirit she sings with a voice articulated by the power of the Holy Ghost let's just welcome sister Chinere Udwako to give us this warming song she brethren I don't know what you are going through I don't know what maybe you came it's always the same thing maybe you came here with a heavy heart <laughs> church is not the place of encouragement church is not the place of encouragement church is the place we're meant to be told we already have everlasting encouragement 
church is not the place to weep sentiment people will go back to unbelief church is the place to teach them they already have it I don't know what you are going through but I know I have a word on my lip for somebody here today he told me he said sing them this song as you sing them this song I'm going to touch them I'm going to lift their bodies I'm going to lift their sorrows I'm going to take their challenges I'm going to bear with them I'm going to hold them by the hand oh I just had a dream yesterday I had a dream I saw you walking by the seashore I saw you walking first I saw footprints of two feet walking and then I saw four then I saw two again and I said Lord how come you left them to walk all by themselves then the spirit of the Lord said to me you were walking all by yourself when challenges came I joined you four feet but then after I saw the four it turned to two when the challenges became serious I carried you just emotions just emotions these emotions don't go beyond church Goosebumps, I understand what you are saying. You may feel the goosebumps, you feel comforted. It does not change the situation, it does not change, it only drowns your mind back in unbelief. What you need to face any challenge is the fact that you have been consoled in an everlasting way already by his death and resurrection. This is the Bible position. faith it is impossible to please God he that comes to God must believe that God is he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently Abraham considered not his own body now dead neither the deadness of Sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief he was strong in faith giving glory to God he knew what God promised God also was able to perform Sarah Hebrews 11 and verse 11 received strength to conceive seed in her old age and was delivered of a child because she judged him faithful who had given promise not slothful in business Romans 12 and verse 11 but father in the spirit serving the Lord Romans Hebrews 6 and verse 11 not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience or constancy inherited the promise emotions so I'm going to sing this song right now and I know Jesus is going to touch somebody here
for you brother Jesus says I'm going to see you through Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to see you through I'm going to see, see you through shut up and leave the place you're a liar talk like that. Only human beings talk like this. God is not emotional like you think. God is not unstable. I'm going to see you through. My hand is not short. I, I can save. My ears is not deaf. Your sins, your sins are too numerous in this church. This is why I'm closing my eyes to you. Liars. And we're the ones that love I felt something. A hand touched me. A hand touched me. God will judge the hand that touched you. The hand that touched you will be cast in the lake of fire. Because it cannot be of God. When the man sang a lying song, you already have received consolation. This is the truth. No matter how bad these are you've been encouraged eternally listen I'm not denying circumstances don't get it wrong I do say things are all the way smooth you may be duted you may lose somebody you may lose your health you may lose your money you may lose your house you may lose your future you may lose everything but in spite of the losses in spite of the colossal failure in spite of death and sickness in spite of frailty in spite of a mood a foul mood a bad spring in your mind rejoice and be glad because he has given you already everlasting consolation and good hope through grace this is what the bible teaches us so i'm not meant to come here and appeal to your emotions so you can like my face Shalom, man I love his preaching. Very, 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 very practicable. He, he would dissect it to the finest details. He would talk about his own experiences when he lost a child, when he lost money, how he wept. Doesn't pretend though. He does not pretend though. He doesn't act like revolt with a show hard face. Yet he cries in his back backyard. He's, that man, that man cries. Oh, he even says it. Though I'm strong, I'm anointed, I'm a man of God. Yet I cry. But I cry. I also cry. Oh, I cry, 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 cry. I cry. Ah, ah. Is this church? Is this church? Is this? Is this church? Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. Are you here?
verse 3 blessed be God even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforted us in all our tribulation how does God comfort us he sings us a song he appeals to our emotions you are coming out you are coming out you are rising in the name of Jesus like Lazarus was called forth you will rise from the challenge you will rise from your debt you will rise from the loan you will rise from your proprietor you will rise from your husband who has oppressed you you will rise from your children who are not giving you peace of mind you will rise I say you will rise people are mad they are wild they are hilarious they are jumping around church is wild these days With a million hallelujah sounds. Eh? Sometimes you can't even hear the pastor. Just people are screaming. Eh? You need to listen to John Austin, Lakewood Church. Eh? Or Matthew or John Hagee. Eh? He must listen to Joel Austin. Eh? Or Craig. Eh? Very wild churches. Very wild very wild they're jubilant they are all screaming top of their lungs how does God comfort us that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble listen how do we comfort those who are in any trouble listen carefully how do we comfort those who are in any trouble from verse 4 we can only comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God you must not comfort people beyond the comfort you have received of God did you hear me say this to you this is Bible commandment this is not coming from my lips from the Bible you already now don't comfort me with any other comfort by your experience or your mother's advice your father's advice or your, your 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 elder person's advice or your father's advice comfort of god how does god comfort us says though verse five look into your bibles jesus he's gonna touch someone today Jesus is gonna touch someone today. Is there anything wrong with you, brother? You never come along anymore. Are you wet down with your trouble? I should you be discouraged? Why? Why? Verse 5. 2 Corinthians 1 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so a consolation also abounded by the same Christ. As we remember Christ's suffering and our suffering for him, both ways. We're consoled that 
the everlasting consolation came by his death and resurrection so whatever it is you are facing think about it think about it you already have everlasting consolation you don't need prayers only rejoice you don't need a special all night only rejoice you don't need a special man of God only rejoice you don't need a special palm of chain hands only rejoice hallelujah stand to your feet bless his name praise him this is what God's word teaches us it's your choice rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice I rejoice and joy in the Lord hey! 